by singing the doxology, which is found in the Red Hymnal, number 549.
the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God, Lord, we are assembled here this morning to worship you. And God, you've been reminding us through the presence of your Spirit, through the scriptures that we've already read, that Lord, you are always with us. And regardless of how we are feeling, whether we are in the depths of despair or whether we are overwhelming with joy, Lord, you are there for us. And God, we praise you for that. And Lord, you remind us that even in our despair, even in our tears, that we can cry out to you, Lord, and let you know all of the things that are going on in our lives and the needs that we have. And many times, God, we don't need you to fix the problem. We just want you to give us that solace and that comfort that can only come from the presence of your Spirit. And we ask for that right now. And Lord, as we think of the challenges that we are facing, Lord, we also lift up other people that we know that are facing challenges, that are trying to make decisions, that are trying to discern your will in a variety of situations in their lives. And Lord, we lift them up to you in prayer as well. And God, right now we especially ask that you would pray for healing of all of us emotionally and also healing for perhaps some of the physical things and needs that we have. But Lord, more importantly, Lord, we ask that you would heal our spirit so that every time we pray to you, every time that we are together, Lord, it has meaning and purpose. And God, we think of the patients throughout this medical center, the staff that are working here today, the family members that will be visiting. Lord, we lift them all up to you in prayer. And we are so thankful, God, that you've reminded us and that you've taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 300. When I survey the wondrous cross. Hymn number 300. When I survey the wondrous cross. Oh. Uh-huh. 
be seated. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Galatians, chapter 2, beginning with verse 6. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, overwhelming with gratitude. Amen. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful of the many blessings that you've already given us. And God, we just ask that those blessings would continue. Lord, I just feel blessed by having everyone here today and that you've given me a message to say about the things that we need to work on our lives because the work that you have in us to do is not finished. Help me, God, to continue that work in my life and to remind others of the work that you are doing in their lives. In Christ's name, amen. Well, this week has, I don't know, kind of been a normal week. It's had peaks and valleys, ups and downs. And every once in a while I get the urge to kind of check up on Google in terms of how other people are doing. Do you ever do that? you got to say, you know, you're thinking about somebody that you haven't thought about maybe in 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and you kind of do a little Google search, try to find their name, see what they're doing, see how life is going on with them because you've lost contact with them. A couple of years ago I did that and I found that one of my best friends, in fact I would say probably my best friend, except for my wife, she's always my best friend, but my number two best friend was a friend that uh, went to college together and I'll tell you some of the stories that go along with the relationship that I had with him and then I found that he had died and that he had developed uh, cancer and it was in his liver and he died shortly thereafter. And I found out about it by simply just doing an internet search. That's not necessarily the right way to find it, but that's how I found it. And the relationship that I had with him, and his name was Tom, the relationship that I had with Tom is through the years, obviously we go down different directions, go down different paths, we go down, in his case and in my case, different types of ministry. But any time we would be in the same area together, we always tried to get together. In fact, the last time we got together, he was up in Scottsdale. And uh, let me tell you first a little bit about him. When we met at a college called Simpson College out in California, actually it was in San Francisco at the time, and we met there, we became friends, and his desire was to become a missionary aviation pilot. That's what he wanted to do. And it just so happens that I had an interest in flying. In fact, I had about 15 hours. I was trying to solo before I went to college and wasn't a very good pilot, but I tried to do those things. And so every once in a while, he and I would rent an airplane because he had his pilot license, and we would go up and fly around the Bay Area and do some really unsafe things. But at the time, being 19 years old, I didn't think it was unsafe. I thought it was pretty cool. And I remember specifically, we were up flying, just he and I, around the Bay Area there, and we had uh, some clouds roll in. And his license 
was only for visual flight rules. So in other words, he did not have an instrument rating. He had only a VFR, visual flight, right? You understand that if you've ever been a pilot or involved in that? And so what we did to try to get back to the airport is we were actually ducking and going around clouds because he did not have instrument flight rules. Now at the time, I was a little scared, and at the time I was also kind of thrilled about all this, but now I look back at it and I think, how stupid that was. But I didn't know any better, right? When we are 19 years old, 20 years old, we do stupid things and we look back at it when we're 60 and we're trying to say, wow, why did I do that? That was the most stupidest thing I've ever done. So anyway, he went on to finish his aviation training and he actually became a missionary aviation pilot. He flew in Africa, flew in uh, West Africa, he flew in Afghanistan. In fact, that was his last assignment. And the last conversation that we had together, he was here and he had to get some upgrades in terms of the instructions, in terms of the, the aircraft that he was flying, and they, they do that up near the Scottsdale Airport, and, and we got together, we had breakfast, and we began to talk as though we had been together for our entire lives. You ever have friends like that, where no matter how much time has come in between you seeing them, you get together, and it's, it's old home week, and you just start talking about stuff, because you know you have complete trust with them and they have complete trust with you and we just start talking. So for whatever reason this week I was thinking about him, I wonder how he was doing, not how he was doing, but kind of what was going on in his life in terms of his family. And lo and behold I found an article about one of his sons. And the article specifically had to do with how he was trying to complete his aviation training so he could actually follow in his dad's footsteps. And I must admit, I got a little teary-eyed because I thought about, obviously, my friend Tom and now his son, and that his son truly wants to follow in his dad's footsteps. Now, I hope he doesn't go flying anywhere. That requires him to have IFR, and he only is VFR, I hope he doesn't do the same dumb, stupid things that his dad and I did when we were flying together. But you know, I was touched by the fact that in all of our lives, no matter how little we think it is, we leave some type of legacy about who we are. And what's important is the legacy, I think, that we leave in Christ. And when I think of my friend Tom and I think about the conversations that we've had and the things that we shared, the different struggles that we went through, we always knew that somehow the end state would be something that we would be doing for the Lord and that we would honor Him. Tom ended up doing that and he flew until he had his illness, until he could no longer fly. And now he is with the Lord and I rejoice in that. And I was reminded this week that regardless of how old you are this morning, the Lord is still continuing to do a work in you. And that work will continue until the Lord says to you, it is your time to be with me in eternity. Because I think a lot of times, I don't know how old everybody is here, but I think there's some old guys in here like me. 
that we look at our lives and we say, you know what, God, I'm just kind of done with life. And I want to say to you, the answer to that question is no, you are not done with life because the Lord is continuing to work in your life. Regardless of what your age is, regardless if you think that you've retired from certain things, you have not retired from your relationship with God in Christ Jesus. And the Lord wants to continue that work in you and he wants to perfect that work in you. And it's a reminder of the scriptures that we have read this morning that as we have received Christ Jesus, the Lord, that we are always to walk in Him. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the challenges that we might be having, that we are to always walk in Him, that we are rooted in Him, that we are built up in Him, that our foundation of our life and everything that we do and everything that we say is in Christ. It is in Him. And then through that process of having that foundation that we are established in our faith. And when I think about Tom and the various conversations that we've had over the years, there is a recurring theme about his desire and my desire to follow God's will. And one of the things that Tom really had to work through is he was really kind of a quiet, introvert type of guy, but in terms of his flying, his, his pilot skills were outstanding, his mechanical skills were outstanding, he could do anything with that airplane. But yet, because he was an introvert and kind of shy, you know, he had a trouble just kind of getting together with young ladies, because he knew that if he was going to go to the mission field, that he needed to be married, and he prayed about that and he would call me about it and we'd discuss all of those things and I reminded him and we reminded each other that because of the foundation that we had in Christ that those circumstances would work out and that the right person would be provided to him according to his will and purpose. In fact, I was the best man at his wedding. So the Lord honored his prayers. The Lord honored his desire. And now, because of that relationship, his son, their son, wants to follow in their dad's footsteps to continue that process of flying for God. And because Tom was established in the faith that even though when he had doubts, and even though there were times that he was trying to shortcut it, right? We do that, right? God, we, we have your will for us. I know what my will is supposed to be. Lord, you're just not moving quick enough. So let me shortcut that a little bit for you, God. Let me cut off maybe some of those days or some of those weeks or some of those months or some of those years. Let me just kind of take it the way that I think we should go, Lord. God says, no, don't do that. And in those lessons of taking that shortcut, the Lord reminds us that we have been established in the faith and to put our trust in Him in all of those circumstances. And as we are going along with that process to follow God's will and to not take the shortcuts, that we have to have an overwhelming understanding of gratitude and thankfulness to know that God is with us, that He is in control and that he has taken us through that journey one step at a time.
There's a song by Twyla Paris called God is in Control. And when I was in Iraq a long time ago, because now it is a long time ago, that became kind of our theme song when we were there because of all the circumstances that we found ourselves in. And my chaplain assistant, RP, because I was serving with Marines at the time as a Navy chaplain, would smile and remind me, God is in control, sir, because he could see many times my frustration, my anxiety, my worry about a lot of the circumstances that we found ourselves in. And so there is a reminder to us that as we desire to follow God's will, as we desire to complete the work that God has started in you, and it is an ongoing process until we are made perfect, that we are to be thankful. Thankful for where we are right now, today, this minute. Because that's where God wants you to be. And when we have that gratitude, then we can see how we have been walking with the Lord, how we are rooted in the faith, how we have been built up by the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then we see the many circumstances that we have, that we have to walk by faith and not by sight. And there's a realization in it that, God, I just, I just want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for the wonderful weather that we're having. I want to thank you this week, Lord, for reminding me in the presence of your Spirit to think about my friend Tom and the sacrifices that he made to be a missionary pilot in Africa. And then he finished being a pilot in Afghanistan. And Lord, I thank you for his son, Daniel, that he desires to follow in his, dad, his dad's footsteps. Kind of, it's almost like a prayer that we're offering, right? Even within our own lives. We think of people right now, Lord. Maybe there are some friends that you haven't thought about in a while that are best friends, like my friend Tom. You say, Lord, I just want to offer them a little prayer right now. And I think it's reflective of who we are in Christ, that we take the time to experience the Lord and we grow up a little. We take the time to say thank you to God. We take the time to have an attitude of gratitude. I know that's kind of a cliche that we use, but how true it is. And I think what's important in that as we think about that, as we think about how God wants us to experience Him and perfect that work and continually to be growing up in God, that we see as we walk with God, as we are thankful to God, that we sense what God wants us to do today, the things that He wants us to say. And not only do we appreciate God, and not only do we appreciate those that are around us, but I would say that in the growing up process, there is one more step. You could say that you appreciate people and that you appreciate things, but there's a difference between appreciation and wanting. And I hope that you appreciate coming to chapel, and I hope you appreciate coming to worship, but more importantly, I hope that you want to come to chapel, that you want to come to worship.
Because there's a difference between wanting and appreciating. And I think it's something that we can measure, because we're always trying to measure ourselves in terms of how we are doing, at least I am. Am I, am I doing okay? Am I fulfilling God's purpose? And I think one way that we can measure that as we look at our lives and as we have that gratitude of thankfulness, do we not just appreciate things with God, but do we want the things of God in our lives? Do we want to walk with God? Do we want to pray for each other? Do we want to say thank you, God, for who I am. Thank you, God, that the work has not been perfected in me and that I am continuing in that process. God, I know that I am continuing to grow up in you. And then in that process, we sense an encouragement that we thought we could never have. Sense the encouragement about our lives and how God wants us to walk each day. And that sense of encouragement that we have not only changes our life, but it changes the lives of other people that we come in contact with. You know, you and I can inspire somebody every day just by the encouragement that we can give to one another. Just by the little things that we do for one another. Because it is in those small acts of encouragement that we are validating that we are walking in the Lord, in Christ Jesus. By those little things of encouragement that we can do for one another, we are validating the fact that you and I are rooted and built in Christ. That we are taking the teachings of Jesus Christ within our lives, established in the faith, doing those things that we have been taught doing those things that we have experienced that the Holy Spirit gives us to help each other. And then through that process, we are just so thankful. We just have the wonderful understanding of the gratitude that we have in Christ because we can encourage each other. What a wonderful way. What a wonderful way for God to look at our lives and to see the encouragement that we are doing with each other. Because then we are truly maturing in Christ. We are truly growing up in Christ. And many times when we look back at our lives, we should see a maturing process. A couple of weekends ago, we had the grandkids over and they were looking at some older pictures of themselves and they could not identify who was who. And they actually asked me, Grandpa, who is this? Oh, that's you. And of course they little giggled and they kind of laughed. They said, well, who's this? And I said, well, that's your cousin Joshua. And they kind of laughed a little bit. Who's that? Well, that's your sister. And they kind of giggle and laugh a little bit. But you see within our own lives we have pictures that have been taken in our lives and when we walk in God when we walk in Christ when we walk in the presence of the Holy Spirit we should be growing up and when we look back at the past it should be 
a struggle for us to identify ourselves because we have matured in Christ. And as I began before talking to you about the stupid things I did when I was 19 and 20 years old, I should look back at those things and have a sense of maturity, of growing up, of knowing how dumb that truly was. And that's a measurement of how God has taken us through our journey. The maturing process, going from A to B. And when we look back at the past, we say how stupid that was. But then we have to have the understanding not to judge ourselves about past events. Because we did not have the same maturity that we have now. We have grown up. We have grown up in God. We have grown up in Christ. And then we just say, thank you, God, for what you have given me in my life that allows me to grow up, that allows me to mature. And God, help me to take what you have given me, the maturity that you have given me, And it's not vain maturity. It's not self-righteous maturity. It's maturity that reminds us in all humility that by the grace of God, go I. By the grace of God, go I. And when we reach out to each other, when we encourage each other, we see the things that God wants us to do, the things that we acknowledge for ourselves in Christ, the faith that we have in Christ Jesus, the love that we have for each other. And within that growing up process, we also have hope of the future. The hope of our lives that as we continue to mature that that work will be perfected one day when we are with the Lord. And therefore we live a life that reflects that hope. That hope that we have in faith. The hope that we have in understanding. The hope that we have in learning. The hope that we have in believing. And the hope that we have in doing for each other the same way that Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit does for us in our own individual lives. So it is my hope and prayer that we continue to go through the process of growing up, that we continue to be rooted in Christ, built up in him, doing the things that we have been taught, doing the things that we know, doing the things that lead to maturity, doing those things that just wants to say, thank you, God, for who I am, for where I am, and for what you want me to do. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion, which truly reflects our growing up, our maturity in God.
Let us pray. Lord, I am so thankful for what you have given us today, given us each other. You've given us friendships. Lord, you've given us your love. And Lord, I would ask that you would forgive me when I have tried to shortcut things, when I have not truly grown up in different areas, you reminded me I got some work to do, and the work has not been perfected in me yet. And Lord, I would ask that as we come before you, that we acknowledge that we want you to be in our lives in all things, that we want to be in you in all things. God, thank you for forgiveness of our sins and taking the assembly of believers that we have here in Christ to celebrate and to honor you by taking communion together. In Christ's name, amen. Receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Lee. Let's partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 303, I Serve a Risen Savior. 303, I Serve a Risen Savior.
Thank you for coming.